scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is... Dead Dead Time Stories. A twice-monthly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about. Why is that, Sarah? Oh, I think it's because it's our show and not yours. Sarah, how's life? How you doing? What's going on? Girl, my body is sore. Oh, yeah? From all your kettlebell workouts? No, from ripping oh, up Oh, from working carpet. on your house. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's Sunday, which means Saturdays. Which house means day. Saturdays are for the house. Uh, yep, so we spent probably putting about a six-hour shift yesterday just ripping up the multi-layers of flooring in the house. The yeah, two I saw layers your Instagram story. Carpet. It's insane. Insane. Two layers of carpet and then a layer of like just a paper material and then like a regular vinyl of a wood grain and then the regular, the original floors underneath that. Sounds like my puss. Like what? <laughs> two layers of carpet? You're like two layers of carpet. A, a layer of paper? Paper, why? I don't uh, know. <laughs> There's vinyl in there? I don't know. And it's like a printed. And then the natural stuff's underneath. Yeah, it's like a weird printed paper. Like the one room had like a bright floral print. And then the other room that was under the two layers of carpet is like a, just like a penciled, like just an outline floral print. I don't know. It's a choice. It is a choice. And it is a choice that Miss Carolyn's mom made. Someone made at some point. That's Some, fair. It may not Mrs. have been Mrs. Carolyn's, Carolyn's mom. mom made one of those layers. Oh, she's Mrs. Carolyn's mom. I mean, I assume she was married. She had Miss Carolyn. I don't know. But and I Miss Carolyn talked about a dad at some point when she was talking about the house. Sure. But we did find the most interesting thing so far yesterday. And to be clear, y'all, Carolyn is the lady they bought the house yes, from. Yes, that's Miss Carolyn. And her mom died in the house. Her mom originally And that's owned Mrs. The house. Carolyn's mom. Yes, and that's Mrs. Carolyn's mom. Because we're respectful. That's the ghost that Sarah's gonna live with. Yes. Well, okay, we might now, because yesterday we took down her closet that she had built because she Her prayer closet. No, the prayer closet was gone. Oh, earlier. the extra closet. You already took down the we prayer closet. We already took down the prayer closet. That was fine. We took down the extra closet. The one that she built because she wanted more closet space and everyone be damned. She was going to do it herself. And boy, did and she. She did. She built something. She, she sure built did. a closet. Um, And so we took that down yesterday. So number one, this might be what stirs up activity. Uh, if n- us tearing down other walls hasn't already, but no one's experienced anything. But number two... As we pulled out the last piece and we're sorting through the little junk on the ground, the dirt, there's a few buttons. We find amongst a lot of the Jesus things we found, we found like a little laminated, like Jesus loves you, like you can put it in your wallet, like business card. And then under that, we found two other cards and Charlie picked up the first one. Again, these are the size of business cards. And the first one is an old bus route. With like the stops in Germantown. I don't have it in front of me or I would read them. But like the stops in Germantown and the times. There's no date on it. But just that, having like a pocket like card to have your bus schedule. Yeah, pocket like SEPTA schedule. But it didn't say SEPTA. It was just train lines. Like there's no other discerning part on it. The other business card I'm saying business card because that's the size and shape, but this is a receipt we found 
um, addressed to, it looks like a Mrs. Rickard or Rickard. Um, and what this is, is this is a receipt for their subscription for a year's worth of the times. They paid a dollar and 44 cents for a year's Come worth. Come on, maybe Mrs. Carolyn's mom. Not Mrs. Carolyn's mom. Not even close. The date on this. Uh, I said, I said maybe. The date. Oh, there was a date on this The date this on this one is for the year 1881 to 1882. What? Yes. Yep. Sarah! That was their subscription for the years of 1881 to 1882. So that means the card is from 1881. How old is the house? We don't know? know. We thought everyone says early 1900s. The house was built in 1900. But I'm like, it has to precede that. But we think maybe it's older. Yeah. This is the yeah. only piece of, this is the oldest dated Thing, thing that, that we found, found in the house. house. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And that's over 140 years old. Yeah. Wild. Sarah, that house is riddled with ghosts. Maybe. So here's my other side note that I wasn't going to talk about, but you mentioned it. We just had on Monday a flooring guy come through because we're actually going to be able to keep the original floors on the third floor. And it's looking like the second floor. Um, so we're going to have someone. Those original hardwood floors. Yeah. Cause I, maybe cause they were under 18 layers of material over them. They've been preserved. Um. <laughs> for who knows how long. Who knows. Um, and then the pieces that are bad because we're tearing up the floors in the bathrooms. Those are all hardwood. We're able to take the wood from the bathrooms and puzzle piece it in to where we needed to replace boards. So we're getting to keep okay. the original hardwood floors, which is dope. So we brought in a flooring guy to do a walkthrough on Monday with Charlie. And um, first thing, apparently, he starts talking about is, oh, this house is going to have ghosts. <laughs> the flooring the guy flooring said The flooring guy. Yes, the flooring guy starts talking. I was not there, but Charlie told me about it. The flooring guy was like, oh, yeah, I've been in. He's apparently had experiences. Says he's had things move, had things fall, and he was walking through the house and was like, oh, yeah, you're going to have ghosts. So Charlie told him about our podcast. (laughs) 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 So I don't know if he started back at the beginning or what, but if you are here and you are listening, um... I guess come on the show and talk about my house if you have an experience because you'll be talk about Sarah's house. Talk about your experience with ghosts as a flooring guy because it sounds like you said that with some expertise. Yes, yes, and that's the way Charlie made it sound as he was like, "So right." So I'm like, "Well, I gotta hear some of your flooring ghost stories." Come on our podcast. Give us a good deal on floors. This is a symbiotic relationship here. So yeah, wow. we might have ghosts in our house. I don't know. I'm. I wanted. No, to, he said you definitely. I want. I know, right? According to him. According to floor guy. The only is can the ghost point me to where the money is hidden in the walls? This is the in other the, thing we found, and then under I'm all the layers of floor, Ugh, all we found have been pennies. Yeah, well, the floor you're not ripping up is obviously where the money is. <laughs> That's gotta be it. <laughs> we on top of Mrs. Carolyn's closet. Charlie gets up there on the ladder to like start pulling it down from the top and he goes, Oh, look at this. And he pulls it out. I'll send you a picture. It's an old school accountant's calculator, like big one. Oh my God. With I shit you not like half an inch worth of dust has not been <laughs> touched. How did it get up there? I don't know. Because that was high. It was like almost between the top of the closet and the ceiling was like maybe a six inch gap. 
Not a lot. Oh but it was back there. And then Charlie goes, oh, there's a box. There's a box. And of course your first thought is money. Money. <laughs> Rachel found money in but her house. Anyway. He pulls really? Really? Yes, Rachel found money when because she's renovating the house she's living in that she bought, and she found money in the walls. I know, I know. One can only hope it was empty. It was just a plastic cosmetic organizer. So womp womp. But there might be ghosts. But that's not money, huh? How much money was in it? Nothing. Zero. It was empty. It was full of dust. You said she found money in the walls. Oh, Rachel. I don't know. A couple thousand. (laughs) Like I want to say, like five thousand. My God. Like a dishwasher in a fridge worth of money in the walls. <laughs> That's how I'm measuring money right now is in appliances. She got some of the mortgage back. Girl. <laughs> so those are my updates. I'm real sore. Good thing I have yoga in an hour. Um, and we have not found money in the walls. We have not experienced ghosts, but we'll see what the flooring guy says. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. How are you? Speaking of ghosts, I watched the movie Ghost last night. Aww. So I had seen most of it, I think, on TV, but I never, like, sat and watched it and certainly never watched it not on TV. I did cry twice. It is a moving movie. Yeah. I cried. When was the first time I cried? The first time I cried, I mean, it was most of the way through the movie, but the first time I cried was when he, like, went in Whoopi Goldberg's body and they, like, danced together and that made me cry. And then at the very end, like, right before he went to heaven and she could see him and they, like, had a moment. And that made me cry. So sad. The part I definitely don't ever remember seeing before, and it happens twice, are when people get dragged to hell. Oh, oh, yeah. Because, like, when Patrick Swayze dies, there's, like, a light. If you haven't seen Ghost, like, spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, He's the ghost. But there's, like, a light, but he doesn't go into it. And he, like, stays to kind of solve his murder and protect his girlfriend, which is Demi Moore. But, like, somebody else dies, and you see them go into a light. But, so the guy who shot him, because there's the guy who shot him and the guy who, like, paid that guy to attack him. The guy who shot him gets hit by, like, a truck and dies. And I was watching it, and I was like, is he gonna get a light? Because he was terrible. Uh, no. Instead of a light... They have these creepy, screaming shadows. Like, shadows come up off the ground, and you just hear, like, "Ah!" Like, it just sounds like a bunch of people screaming, and they grab the the person going to hell and just drag them away, and that person is screaming. And I was like, ooh! Terrifying. And then later, the guy who, you know, paid that guy, who is Fitz from Scandal, um, which I don't watch Scandal, but I know he's the president on Scandal, he is ultimately the bad guy who was also Patrick Swayze's like best friend and coworker. It was a whole thing. Um, yeah, he died and also got dragged to hell by the scary shadow monsters. So it was a fun watch. Um, Patrick Swayze is like, <laughs> Val has a big thing for Patrick Swayze. Like that was who they wanted to like emulate growing up. Yeah. I mean, that big, it checks out. Because he's just the right mix he's, of, like, he's very masculine and very, like, strong and tough, but also very in touch with his, like, sensitive side. Or was, you know, R.I.P. Oh, too soon. Too soon. I mean, really. And that was a part of me crying, too, was I was like, oh, my God, he really is a ghost now. Like, I know that was part of <laughs> me crying. I was like, this has so many more layers to it. 
He was apparently just an all-around, genuinely nice guy. Everyone said he was a very lovely dude. Yeah. That he was just a really nice guy. He was really hardworking. He took his job really seriously, but was great to work with and was a very lovely human being. Yep. We have nothing bad to say about Patrick Swayze in this house. Patrick Swayze. Right, same. I'm like, I have nothing bad to say about him. Of course, he's a queer icon because of Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Where he played a drag queen and he was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. R.I.P. So I saw Ghost yesterday. I also, I will not get into it on this podcast. You might have seen it on my Instagram story talking about that phone call I yes, got yesterday. Yes, and I wanted to ask you, number one, who called? Who was it? But, like, we don't have to talk about it on air. <laughs> we will talk about it on here. Um, and I'm sorry, listeners, because I'm sure now you're very intrigued. But, um yeah, I have to tell you that story when we are not <laughs> recording, because it is hilarious. But so, sorry to, to wet y'all's appetite with that teaser that you're never going to hear. Well, go follow Stephanie on Instagram. You're going to hear some great stories today. We have two stories that you do get to hear about. We do. We do. Hey, Sarah. Uh, Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Leslie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Well, are you ready to talk about some ghosts? I am. I'm re- I mean, I'm ready to hear about some ghosts. I already talked about a ghost as a much ghost. as I'm going to today. But this, this is, it, it, notice the emphasis on the tss. I got multiple. Yeah, I hear you doing a little thing. It's called snake jazz. It's all the rage. Is that a real thing? Or it's you, a quote did you from Rick and Morty. No, it's oh. <laughs> Were you like she's so funny today? <laughs> I was like that. I was just like that's very clever. Did you think of that on the spot right now? <laughs> I mean, I did, but I. I thought you were capable. It. I know. You are capable. You just didn't come up with that specific thing. I didn't. Um, but in honor of Women's History Month, I wanted to talk about some lady ghosts. Do it. So I've got three lady ghosts that I'm going to feature for you. And honestly, I think for most of them, we're going to wind up saying, good for her. <laughs> I'm ready. I love a good for her story. Always. Number one is... Miss Olive Thomas. She's known as Broadway's flapper ghost. She puts the broad in I also in love a person who has, like, a, a first name, last name. Like, their last name is also a first name. Mm. Like, Olive Thomas. Olive Thomas. Or, like, so, we know the Taylors. Like, you know, Taylor Jared Thomas. Taylor. I like yeah. that it's just, it's two first names. It's cute. It's a good stage name. It's a good stage name. It is. So she was a Ziegfeld girl. She was a flapper and a silent film actress. And then she was married to Jack Pickford. But she's better known in death than she was in life because she is apparently the resident ghost at the new Amsterdam theater. So (laughs) she's the resident ghost, you say? Yes. Like if they had a, a company, like a cast uh, no, a company for the theater and like ghosts could be in there. She would be in the company, like the resident company, because um, that's where she hangs out. But when she was alive, she was born in Charleroi, Pennsylvania in October 20th, 1898. My house might have been built by then. Uh, around 
16. She moved to New York City and became a famous dancer in the Ziegfeld Follies. Or she became a dancer in the famous Ziegfeld Follies. She was one of many. But she apparently, at the age of 17, running around being a dancer in New York City, she had already been married and divorced. So she's getting her okay. life together. She's doing Sounds like thing. my cousin. I'd like Sorry. so many people's cousins. <laughs> I mean, especially from the South, which we're just, you know, we're both from the South. It's almost like Lauren Boebert's son, who just got a 16-year-old girl pregnant. <clears throat> so she ended up marrying Jack Pickford, and then she went to, like many people from New York, she decided to go to L.A. and try to make it as a film star in Hollywood. Oh, remember that for my story. (laughs) She's living her life. She's doing her thing. Her and Jack Pickford get married. However, there are rumors that it's somewhat of a tumultuous relationship that they argued quite frequently. Um, And in 1920, Jack and Olive went on a second honeymoon in Paris. They were out partying one night. However, they had been arguing all night. And it seems that things suddenly ended in a big fight. Jack stormed out of the hotel room, allegedly, and Olive, distraught, decided to grab a blue bottle of mercury bichloride that Jack had been prescribed for his syphilis treatments. Now. Classic. Pause. Right? Because who hasn't wanted to do that in a fight? Two different accounts that I've read say that she knew what it was and she just decided to drink it all in an act of suicide. Another account says she thought it was alcohol. Alcohol. And was like, I'm going to get drunk. I'm just going to get drunk tonight. R.I.P. that. And then she, and then like, she did. <laughs> she was like, I'm getting ripped tonight. R.I.P. That, that me uh, accidentally. And then she's like, <laughs> on the floor with her tongue sticking out. Uh, so yeah, un- poor Olive uh, drank that little blue bottle meant for her good old husband syphilis. And she she died. Evidently, though, Olive has found her way back to New York City and her ghost has been seen at the new Amsterdam theater. Her spirit apparently wears a green beaded flapper dress and still clutches a blue bottle, which like that kind of sucks if you have to like carry around your blue bottle. Stagehands have spotted her on so many occasions that it is now customary when leaving the theater at the end of the night to say, Good night, Olive. Olive apparently. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I had to burp. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Olive apparently prefers to flirt with men and doesn't really show herself to women. So do your thing, Olive. Talk about a pick me ghost. <laughs> The most contemporary sighting of Olive's ghost happened to a security guard who worked at the theater. He made a frantic 2.30 a.m. phone call to the manager of the theater saying that he had seen a woman in a green beaded dress walking on the stage and carrying a blue bottle. And he yelled at her, hey, you can't be in here. And then she glided right through the wall and out onto 41st Street. (laughs) She was like, "Okay, heard. And, like, went through the wall. I really hope that she flipped him off. That's how I imagined it. Her just looking at him, flipping him the bird, and floating right through the wall. <laughs> just floating so, by with her middle finger up. Next time when you're at the New Amsterdam Theater, don't forget to make sure to say goodnight, Olive, to Olive. Otherwise, she might flip you the bird and float out the wall. And you might not even know because she's a ghost. <laughs> she's a ghost. You might not see her. You might not see her, but she's going to do it. 
In the interest of time, I'm going to skip my second one. We might get to it, but I'm going to go straight to my third one, which is my favorite one. And that's Mad Maggie of Block Island Southeast Lighthouse. So. She, um, I don't know, it reminded me of Moaning Myrtle. So I was like, oh, does she haunt the bathroom? She haunts the whole room. (laughs) (laughs) She haunts every room of this lighthouse. Every room of the lighthouse. Um, so Block Island Southeast Lighthouse sits atop a sandy bluff, 200 feet above sea level. It's New England's highest lighthouse. The story goes, in the early 1900s, one of the lightkeepers had a violent argument with his wife. She was bored and depressed in the lighthouse because, of course, you would be. And in because his- Because it's a lighthouse. And what else do you have to do? But you can't Sounds really boring. Leave. In the midst of them fighting, apparently, he pushed her down the stairs of the tower, causing her to break her neck. Now, he claimed that in the fit of despair, she threw herself down the stairs, but nobody bought it. He got arrested and charged with her murder and sent to prison. (laughs) Everyone was like, you're a fucking liar. Everyone was like, sure, sure, sure. Okay, buddy. However, they've now dubbed the wife's spirit Mad Maggie, and she continues to height to haunt the lighthouse to this very day. She prefers to harass any male visitors and any male light keepers that they might have. They have reported to have been recipients of her wrath and have claimed to have been locked in rooms and closets. They've had their beds lifted and shaken, and some have even claimed that sharp objects, including knives, have been thrown at them. Many have witnessed her ghost banging pots and pans around, not caring if anyone was watching her. Now, I'm imagining, do you know, it's like 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. You're sleeping in because you don't have to do anything that day. And suddenly you're awoken to the sound of your mom putting all the dishes away, like as loud as she possibly can. Just like slamming cupboards closed, slamming drawers closed. That's what I imagine Mad Maggie is still doing to this day. Just like slamming the dishes around in a passive aggressive manner Mm. at 6 a.m. You were supposed to do this. This is your one chore. Yep. Exactly. I know if it actually happened to me, I would be terrified. But the idea of a ghost like just lifting a bed and shaking it is like also really funny to think about. Where there's like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like you're an etch a sketch. Like show you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I imagine it. Like an etch a sketch. And, like, if you're in that bed, that's fucking terrifying. But at the same time, of all the things they could do to, like, make you aware of them being there, that's move, the one. like, picking up and shaking your bed is, like, a... I feel like it's a funny one. They're like, we saw like this at Disney World once. <laughs> you remember Haunted Mansion? It's based on this! It's <laughs> yeah, I saw a Muppet Haunted Mansion. <laughs> you sure did. It's based on Last Mad weekend. Maggie. Apparently, at one point, she chased the current lightkeeper out of bed and into the cold night, dressed only in his underwear, and locked the door behind him. The embarrassed lightkeeper had to call the Coast Guard to let him back in. Since 1993, the lighthouse was moved back from the eroding cliffs. Well, in 1993, it was moved back from the cliffs. But even since then, people have reported seeing the ghost of Mad Maggie rushing up and down the stairs in a rage, rearranging furniture, and reportedly has even been observed throwing food at the men who have visited her in her kitchen. However, women have no problem there. They're just fine. Yeah. (laughs) 
they don't she doesn't mess with the women she doesn't mess with them good for She's her like, you're all right women's history month good for her happy so those, women's history month those are two of my lady ghosts there's so many more lady ghosts and honestly if there's a woman ghost out there trying to get shit done it's probably because she's i don't know i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> stephanie what are you talking about this week um i'm talking about you know some some scandal, some some Ooh. money laundering, some a uh, little like you know bad investment situation, okay. con man, you know that kind of stuff. All right, cool. Hit it. Have you ever heard of an actor named Zach Avery? It vaguely sounds familiar, but elaborate. Sure. Have you ever heard of a producer by the name of Zach Horowitz? Again, maybe. That's okay. It's a lot of Zachs. It's, I know. It's too, too many. <laughs> well, we're going to start by talking about Zach Horowitz. So Zach Horowitz um, was a young guy from Texas who was very handsome, very charismatic. He played a lot of sports. He was like a star football player. And he did some theater in high school. He was really into it. Really loved the attention. Um, was voted like best body in high school. <laughs> And there's a picture Gross. of him where, like, he took his shirt off for the picture to, like, pose and, like, show off his body. Uh, he was, like, really into what he was giving. Okay. Right? Which was Zach it was Horowitz. A Zach. This sounds like a Zach. Zach Bagan. So it's classic Zach behavior. Classic Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach goes to college in uh, Indiana and he is going to a school that like a lot of people from like his hometown go there. It's like a popular spot. Um, but all of his friends are primarily studying business, going to school for um, like investment banking, that kind of shit. And so even though that's not really what he's interested in, he is, like, immersing himself in that world and trying to, like, learn a little bit about making this money. He moved to Chicago when he finished school, and he's like, oh, I'm going to open a juice bar. And he opened this food and juice bar called Fuel, um, but there was no E in it. It was just (laughs) F-U-L. No! I hate that. I know. How do you know Um, how to pronounce it? Full. Is it fuel? Is it full? Is it full? Is it full? I don't know. I don't know. But it was fuel. Typical Zach behavior. <laughs> and it wasn't making a ton of money, but it was like slowly growing like a normal business would. And he had a lot of investments from his like investment baker friends. And one of his friends even like bought a house in Chicago and was moving to the area to help like continue growing this business. But Zach was like, why am I doing this? This isn't what I want. This isn't my dream. Zach Horowitz is like, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to be a star. There you go. (laughs) We're just getting started. He married his college sweetheart. Her name was Mallory. And she was, you know, she's like, he's handsome. He's like working the biz. He's working with investment bankers. He's like running a restaurant. He's like an entrepreneur. This is a, this is the guy I'm going to like be with. He's the only man I've ever known. (laughs) 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 So all that being said, Zach closes shop on fuel and decides to move out to LA. Like very shortly after like 
his the friend one moves friend out could there? move there to help him run the business. Ugh. Yeah, that's your first. Your first. You're getting like your second little taste of like who Zach is as a person. Okay. So Zach Horowitz, he moves out to L.A. with his new wife, Mallory, and he's like, I'm gonna do it. Um, The thing about him is that Zach is not a good actor. And it's very clear from his, like, audition reel, from, like, he's not getting work. Like, people are not casting him and stuff. He was in this one video that went viral on YouTube where he played the Joker. And there's a scene where he cuts his own face off. I don't know. But that was about the extent of his success. And he was performing and auditioning under the name of Zach Avery. So Zach Horowitz and Zach Avery are the same person. Is he also in the Zach Brown band? I know that. What? What'd you say? I said, is he also in the Zach Brown band? Is that him too? (laughs) I don't believe so. But he could be. I don't know. It could be another Zach persona that Zachary he's taken Levi, on. Zachary Levi, is that also him? Should Zachary Levi should play him Zach? in a movie. <laughs> like, he could. He could play him. It would be really good. Zach's on Zach's But it might be weird Zach's. for him to be so many Zachs. <laughs> the next Dr. Seuss book. Am I Zach? Am I Zach? Or am I Zach? No. No. You're Zach. You're Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so... He is auditioning and, like, trying to get roles under the name Zach Avery. So that's, like, his stage name. Okay? Okay. Well, like I said, not a very good actor. Not getting cast and stuff. It's not really working out for him. So he thinks I should be a producer. Of course. So that I can pay to play, baby. Yeah. I can produce movies and then have them cast me in it because I paid to make the movie. But the thing is, he doesn't actually have money to produce movies. He doesn't have this kind of money. What he does have is some investment know-how because he had friends who worked in investment banking. Okay. <laughs> but not an actual education in it, right? So he didn't really know what he was doing, but maybe he knew enough to, like, sprinkle Dabble. in some info and embellish. And he's very charismatic He's charming, even if he's not a good actor, but he's attractive and friendly, and he's got some connections with people with some money. So he's like, hey, I want to make a movie. Let me get some money. Let me get some investors. Let me get some some movement going. And that works out okay when he's starting with people he know who, mind you, these aren't, most of the people that he's getting money from are not people who have a ton of money. These are, it's a lot of, like, mom and pop, grassroots, friends and family. That's how it starts, right? So a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars here, enough that he can, like, fund these projects that will then cast him, right? But as a producer, he is Zach Horowitz. And as an actor, he's Zach Avery. So people might not necessarily know that he's the producer, and that's how he got the role. Zach Horowitz was like, here's the money. You should see this Zach Avery kid. He's a real star. He's going places. And then he shows up in a mustache. And he's like, not I'm even. Zach he didn't even show up different. <laughs> so, Zach is like getting a little taste of this Hollywood life. He's like, oh, I'm learning what it's like to be a successful actor. 
Which, mind you, the money he's making is not coming from acting. It is coming from investments, many of them false. But it's money he's taking from other people. That's what's paying for his lifestyle, not his acting credits. He's not making any fucking money. So... He's like, I've got to pull in bigger fish, right? I've got to find more people in the business, people who I can get to give me more money, like bigger money, bigger pulls, because I have to keep up this lavish lifestyle so that people think I'm an actor so that they cast me in things. And it's important that I live like an actor and look like a successful actor. And people have to know, like, Zach is a man who acts. (laughs) So he starts getting like bigger and bigger people that he's like kind of finding, right? And one of his best tools that he uses is LinkedIn.com. I was just going to jokingly say LinkedIn. Oh my God. <laughs> I was to be like, what, LinkedIn? Oh. Yes. He finds a lot of his marks on LinkedIn. Yep. So he can find people who are important at, say, Netflix, yep. HBO. Yep. And exactly those two companies did he try to infiltrate and take advantage of. <laughs> wow. So basically, the role he was telling people, like investors, which now he is going for people that have, like, big money, right? But he's going for bigger money because he owes that money to earlier investors. Classic Ponzi scream, right? Because it wasn't a gift. They didn't grant him this money. These were investments in his business and his production company, which is one in a million, um, but it is shortened to one in MM. That's what they call themselves, one in MM. I hate but it's how one he in a million. things. I hate it. <laughs> The way he's able to keep getting money from people, basically, is the next time that he cons somebody, he gets more money than he owed the last person. So he can pay them back, sometimes give them a little extra, and then have the rest of that money to buy his house, to buy his car, to support his family. Um, Mallory, she's got two kids now at home with her successful actor-producer husband living the life. (laughs) I can't. So his investors, as you can imagine, they start to be like, where's that money, Zach? Where's that money, Zach? And that is what will push him and fuel him to like hit up the next person. He gets to the point where he is faking emails from people at Netflix and HBO. So he'll be like, yeah, what I do, right, is I will go to other countries and I will buy the the filming rights for different stories and different movies. And then I sell them to Netflix and HBO for more than I got them for the filming rights. You won't you won't see these movies because like it's it's very my boyfriend goes to another school. He's like, you won't see or hear these movies because they're actually foreign films. Like they're not made here. They won't be released here. So but I'm working for them in their international section so that I buy these purchasing rights and sell them to Netflix and HBO at a profit. And investors are like, how does this work? And he's like, here's your money. And they're like, I guess I guess it does work. This is how he's, like, doing this con. That's insane. This is what his con is. That sounds exhausting. It does sound exhausting. Um, But, man, he is continuing to do it. So one of his investors, right, is like, where's my money? Where's my money? 
And what Zach does is basically like screenshots, but like doctors a screenshot from an executive at Netflix that's like, the check is in the mail. <laughs> like, but we sent the money. You're just waiting for the money to show up in your account. Like, sometimes it takes a while. Sorry about it. Hashtag love. This is really Netflix. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even question yeah. it. This is Netflix. Yeah. So, eventually one of his investors finds this person on <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> Finds their superior and is like, hey, we've been, I've been doing business with this executive at Netflix and he hasn't paid us back. He says the money is coming. I just want to know when this money is coming. And this lady at Netflix is like, I mean, that guy works here, but he says he has no idea who you are, what you're talking about. There is no check in the mail. Hashtag, this is really Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that guy's like, the hyperlink. I'm going to the FBI. Good. Good. Because that's what you do, right? You snitch. How does Mallory find out? She's in bed one morning. <laughs> FBI. Mallory's like, Excuse me, FBI, what? what are you talking about? She's holding a baby. The other kid is, like, following her to the door. She's like, FBI, what's going on? Where is Zach? They're like, we're here for Zach. She's like, which one? No. I know, right? She's <laughs> like, I don't, which one do you mean? We're There's here like for Zach Horowitz. Eight. Zach comes down, no shirt on, PJ pants. FBI is like, you're under arrest and we're raiding your house right now. And Zach was like, okay. Bet. So Mallory is, like, freaking out because she yes. has no idea what's going on. But then the fact that her husband isn't freaking out and is acting like... <laughs> he knew this was going to happen. Like, he kind of understands what's going on. That, like, sends off red flags. Well, yeah. Right? Already, I mean, FBI. But he's like, Okay doesn't fight isn't like what's this all about <laughs> nothing he just goes with them sarah what all in all zach horowitz conned people out of over 600 million dollars <gasps> stephanie that is so sarah, that's much over money. half a billion dollars that is so much money that is so much money how's mallory and for what he produced a movie so he was an extra in a brad pitt movie he was in a movie with brian cox do you know who brian cox is no he's on succession right now but he's like an older actor i really like him i think he's like irish or scottish he might be british he's one of those (laughs) anyway he didn't become like this huge star that he was trying to become he did have a house that he couldn't really afford and a bunch of cars and this lavish lifestyle and these crazy expensive t-shirts and whatever, like, to show that he, he's, he's a successful actor. Well. His best acting job was pretending to be an actor. <laughs> and honestly, five stars. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> 
But to which Zach? Split it between the two. Each of them gets two and a half. So Mallory very quickly filed for divorce. Good for her. Upon learning that her entire life with her husband was a lie. God. We don't we don't like that. No. No. She deserved better. Yeah. So Avery was arrested on charges. Uh, not Avery. <laughs> Horowitz. <laughs> Zach Horowitz is his real name. Zach Horowitz was arrested on charges of wire fraud on April 5th, 2021, in connection with the alleged orchestration of $690 million of a Ponzi scheme that began in 2015, defrauding investors of over $227 million based on false claims that investor money would be used to acquire the licensing rights to HBO and Netflix films. On October 4th, 2021, Avery pleaded guilty to one count of securities fraud. On February 14th, 2022, Avery was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison and ordered to pay $230 million in restitution, which is not nearly enough. No, he'll never pay that. How is he going to get that? No, no. Zach Horowitz, a.k.a. Zach Avery is now serving time in federal prison for his wire fraud and the performance of a lifetime. Wow. As an actor. As Zach Avery. You can find some of his work. He has an IMDb page. I told you there's the YouTube video where he plays the Joker and cuts his own face off. Okay. Um, Did you watch that? But it is... I watched some clips. He's terrible. Is it bad? <laughs> Sarah, he's really bad. That's why I'm like, it really was, like, the performance of a lifetime to convince people he was a successful actor. Because he was really, he was a really bad actor. And also a terrible person who conned people out of a lot of money. So he's in, he's in prison. Oh, I, I encourage anyone listening, and you also, Sarah, to, yeah, Google him, watch some clips. He's, you know, on a show that I think you can find on Hulu. Um, but never as, like, he's never anything major. He's always just kind of there. And it's yeah. like, you know, the producer said we had to hire this guy. <laughs> but the producer was also him. Jokes. <laughs> it's the same guy. Have you ever noticed we never see Zach Horowitz and Zach Avery in the same room? Has anybody ever noticed that? I don't know. I don't think too much you about it. You never see them in the same place at the same time. Wild. So that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That was a fun ride. That was a fun ride, wasn't it? Was a it? fun ride, and I love uh, that no one died. Yeah. <laughs> when we are trying I to figure out who money. goes first, the questions we ask each other now before we start recording are, like, how long is your story? Is it light? Is it heavy? And does someone does die someone or is someone assaulted? Yep. I think that covers the bases. And I was like, yeah. I think that's a really good litmus test. Perfect. <laughs> well everybody thank you so much for listening we're so happy to have you on our show as a listener you're not on it like with us but it feels like you're here with us yes that's what you tell us everybody's like it feels like i'm hanging out with my friends and we're all like (laughs) hanging out and talking when i listen to the podcast that's probably my favorite thing that people say about it yeah i love that yeah yeah it's great so yeah that's it um i'm stephanie and i'm sarah and this has been it's dead time stories. Thank you for listening. 
Oh. What? I keep getting this weird, like, audio frequency here at the end, but I don't know what it is, and I don't know if I should be worried. I don't know. I guess I'll see if you have it on your end when I re- when I edit this, and we'll see what comes through. Okay. I'm okay. turning it off now. Bye, future Sarah. Okay, thanks. What? On a specified Girls, this crone has me running all over Philadelphia for random ass shit, but she swears once Dusty's birthday party is over, she's gonna send me home. She said she'd send me back after the Beagles won the Super Bowl, but they lost to the chefs. Did you know in Philadelphia, instead of climbing the streetlights, people crawl into the sewers? The police grease the pipes instead of the poles. It's like Super Mario Brothers, but with more poop. Comparatively, Philly is kinda tame. Ugh, gross, Dusty, two steps. <coughs> Oi, come get your friend. Okay, bye. Love you guys. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 